0: Snacking, the podcast where we talk about the anime Sailor Moon and we have a yummy snack. I'm Jen, and as always, I am joined by Tracy. Hello, listeners. So, Tracy, why don't you tell us a little bit about today's snack?
1: So, today we are going to have sweet potato pancakes, um, and they're Korean. The brand we got, so we just got like the frozen brand from the grocery store, and they're the Daifuku brand, but sweet potato and potato pancakes show up in korean cuisine all the time so we'll mm. talk a little bit about that at our snack break
0: so we are continuing with season one of sailor moon crystal the 2014 reboot of sailor moon and we are almost at the end which is odd considering this is only uh, our sixth episode podcast wise um so with us we have our special guest ariana So welcome back, Arianna.
2: (laughs) Thank you for having me back. It's always such a treat to be on the show. And I'm really, really excited about these episodes.
0: So have you seen Sailor Moon Crystal before this?
2: I did. When it came out in 2014, I had just finished grad school and I latched onto it right away. It felt so nostalgic. I was really intrigued by the new art style that was actually closer to the manga style than the 90s show was and yeah I, I totally watched it religiously for the first year that it was out.
0: Did you have a preference between the two? Do you like Crystal more than than the 90s? There's a lot to appreciate about both of them but mm-hmm.
2: nostalgia wins out. I love the 90s
0: show so much more. <laughs> it, it, but I think they've become two completely almost two completely different shows with just the, the same basic plot and characters but there's enough little differences that we will discuss that makes them different shows in my mind oh, which is definitely. awesome yeah <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about act 11 and act 12 so act 11 is called reunion Demion. and act 12 is called enemy queen metallia and we are so in the thick of it now and these two episodes are intense start with episode 11 Let's go with overall impressions. Uh, Ariana, do you have overall impressions about this one? I would say that things are just getting more and more intense. Like it
2: feels like they should have reached like some sort of climax of action at that point, but they haven't. Things are just getting worse and worse for the girls. But I really love seeing how close they are to each other and how well they work with each other even though it's only episode 11 i um, love how accelerated the storyline is like there's no filler so we're we can receive all this intensity like right off the bat and it's
0: actually really fun
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh tracy do you have uh, overall impressions of this one?
1: Oh, there's so much this episode felt really Long, but then short because so much was happening. I do love that this is the first time you really get to see them kind of hanging outside of being like Taylor Senshi as a group, all five of them. So that's really sweet. And I have to say, that's probably like my favorite part about this episode.
0: Yeah, I really liked the just at the very, very beginning of this episode with Luna. And I, I like Luna throughout this whole episode where Usagi's having a nightmare right at the very beginning and Luna wakes her up. And Usagi picks her up and says, I love you. And I'm like,
2: oh. I know. And then Luna
0: is like reminiscing about how much Usagi's been through and how it's been so hard on her. And I was like, just it like melted my heart.
1: (laughs) And it's so different from classic, right? Because they're so catty with each other. That was a pun because Luna's a cat. (laughs) But (laughs) Luna says that she's her ally and Usagi says she knows. And they're supportive. And that's so sweet, and I'm just not used to it, because they in classic, they're like at each other's throats all the time.
0: Which they mostly did for laughs, but you know, as, as a grown-up watching this, you're just like, eh, like Luna in this whole episode. Even later on when Usagi is running off to the arcade to see Mamoru, even though she knows that it's may not be actually him and that she doesn't care, she's got to see him anyway she Luna's like she's worried that she's hurting Usagi she's like am I hurting her and I'm like oh you're trying to protect her but you're worried that you're hurting her it's like Luna doesn't get that kind of introspective and and she doesn't get to, to feel that vulnerable in in the the classic one yeah she definitely
2: feels more like Usagi's companion in this series the way that Artemis is Minako's companion like they feel close and it's really mm-hmm. lovely it's like, and you should feel close, like you live with her. <laughs> you yeah. With her.
0: You are and, allies. And, yeah, and Luna's more than just a nag, right? I feel like in classic, Luna is just always telling Usagi what to do and how to act and how to behave. And Usagi treats her more like a pet than a friend or a companion.
1: Mm.
0: And so it's really nice to see this kind of new dynamic. So yeah, we've got Mamoru showing up again. Evil Mamoru in his uh, grandfatherly looking sweater. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that? I kind of love
1: <laughs> aged himself, right? Because he says that he's uh, Motoki's friend and they're in the same class, but he's still a high school student.
0: Yeah, I love that. So in classic Motoki and Mamoru were like best buddies, and in this one, like this is almost the, this is probably the first time that Motoki's met him. He's like, oh, I I recognize you. You're in here with Usagi all the time, um, which I think is kind of neat. They they change the dynamic, but then I kind of feel bad for Endo, who kind of has like a six second thing, and then he gets brainwashed and wanders off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where does he go? <laughs> I need to like leave now.
0: <laughs> and, and does he still know who he is, or is he like completely like just you know standing facing a wall?
1: <laughs> I mean, like that's the filler episode I want to see. What happens to Endo? <laughs> And I
0: love I love that Reika shows up. I'm like, oh, Reika! And not with a rainbow crystal this time. But mm-hmm. it was still kind of nice that she's there. And I like that she describes Endo as like, she's like, no, that's not Endo. Endo's way more feminine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Endo. So this one is, Usagi is able to resist Mamoru's brainwashing, which I thought was really nice. Mm-hmm. Like She feels herself drawn to him and... But she's able to resist the hypnosis, which is kind of cool, especially since Makoto doesn't.
1: Yes, well, she's really powerful and we see her as being more powerful and like she just gets stronger all the time. So I can see that. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. So what is really drawing her in is that is that love that she has other than being brainwashed.
0: It's like she doesn't even care if it's him or not. She just needs to be with him, which is I was like,
1: oh, so sweet. I know it was super sweet. And
2: like I I got the impression that because she was so in her head about whether or not it was actually a Mamoru she was kind of like, "Mm, I'm too busy thinking about this. And also I'm obviously a super powerful warrior, but like I'm too (laughs) busy thinking about this to be brainwashed by your spooky red eyes. Um that was (laughs) you know,
0: pleasant. Yeah, how come nobody notices his red eyes except for Ray?
1: (sighs) Because that's her superpower, right?
0: She gets bad vibes. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Pretty much.
0: I kind of think he's good looking with red eyes.
2: (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'm not against it. And, like, you know, it's kind of nice to see him be, like, the bad boy. But even though we know he's, like, you know, evil, it's always intriguing.
1: So I wanted to talk about that because I like the way they're bringing in this bad boy element. Because in Classic, he was just a jerk right off the hop. And then (laughs) when they made him evil... Well, then, I don't know. Didn't really change like, that much, right? He's a
0: jerk that moved to the Dark Kingdom.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. That's exactly what happened. You can see the character change, and it's more obvious that it's not Mamoru, right? This is Endymion hypnotized. I just like it so much more. It gives Usagi more reason to want to bring him back, to change him back.
0: Yeah. When you have a real, you can really see the, the complete change in his personality, and it makes her... Yeah, even that much more convinced. And he's so kind of creepy as Endymion. So like, creepy. He's like touching Usagi's hair. and He's like super close. And I know he's trying to brainwash her, but I'm just like, he's so creepy. I know that Sailor Moon kind of exists outside of some of the... Um
2: parameters of Japanese society a lot of the things that are normal in Japanese society aren't depicted in Sailor Moon but like touching someone, someone's hair and face like that probably not cool In anywhere interesting
0: to note he's super touchy and just feels very entitled to her. yes definitely and I, I really like in this episode and in the next one where he just has like that dead face for like the whole time like it's expressionless. Can we talk about Minako with her sword?
2: Yeah, oh God, that yeah. sword is so cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, but first of all, okay, so they go to Ami's place yeah. and she's like this is a diamond, the hardest rock in the world. Let's try to break it. And like does she's like don't worry, I knew it was going to break. What? She's just <laughs> like here, I've got this giant diamond. Can you break it for me? Like what where where did she get this diamond from i I feel like gonna be (laughs) bad
2: i kind of feel like she has some way to make it she's like well you just need to take some carbon and you need to heat it to this degree and then you get a diamond i'll just make it
1: maybe oh my goodness capable (laughs) if she can like that should be her side hustle maybe that's why she lives in that apartment building that's like so sleek oh yeah
0: But even before that, I love that they're walking into the apartment and Minako's like, do I look suspicious? And she's carrying this she's carrying giant sword. sword. And they're like, uh, yeah. Yes.
1: Super <laughs> suspicious.
0: She's just walking around with this big ass sword. Like, would she carry it like down the street? Like the whole way? Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> she was just like clutching it, like hugging it, I guess.
2: <laughs> I mean, have, do you guys know the meme about giving Carly Ray Jepson a sword? No. no okay, don't. so the singer Carly Rae Jepsen, who was wonderful. I saw her live um, two years ago, and she was amazing. Um, a Tumblr user posted, petition to give Carly Rae Jepsen a sword. I like her, and I think she should have one. Um, and it became a huge thing. And, like, it was just, like, uh, it, it just spread through Twitter and Tumblr and, like, every social media site being, like, we should get Carly Rae Jepsen a sword. And, like, all this fan art came out and, like, edited photos. And finally someone threw, like – a fake sword onto stage during one of her concert and she was just like, yeah, sword, and like <laughs> with it for the rest of the concert. And then the prophecy was fulfilled. Anyways, um Miniko <laughs> gives me like big that energy. So
1: <laughs> yes, I totally yeah. get it. I'm just looking it up on Know Your Meme.
0: <laughs> and
1: yeah, she's like doing a concert holding a sword. Why not? Yes, I totally get that. That's what Minako looks like. (laughs)
0: Exactly. (laughs) I mean, we don't really get a lot of episodes with Minako, but I like that she's got even just like a little bit of a personality coming out. (laughs) I'm not entirely sure how to describe that personality. But, you know, just that scene where she's like, guys, do I look suspicious? And then when she breaks the sword or the the ring and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: Also, like we get to see like that little bit of like Ray, just a tiny bit of judgment on Usagi there, where she's like, uh, "I think you brought too many snacks," and I'm like, "There it is, that's Ray."
0: You're really upset about this toned down Ray, aren't you?
1: I know, but the thing is, I kind of like the toned down. It's, it was a bit over the top in the comical format, but it's like, ah, she's there. She's still there. Yeah. <laughs> she's in there oh, yeah. somewhere.
2: Well like that's that's her dichotomy right like that she's like this like super cool serious stoic shrine maiden but she's also very fiery and she has like a lot of spice to her so
0: I love her. I sometimes (laughs) feel like the best version of Sailor Moon would be a mix of the 90s one and this one Mm -hmm. where we get a little bit more of the outrageous personalities but not quite to the 90s extreme. And uh, we get a little more filler episodes just for like relationship building, but again, not to the nineties extreme, (laughs) but I still like this. This It's still pretty awesome.
2: Definitely. I remember back in 2014 when I was watching this, there was a lot of chatter online about the animation style um, and how it was like slowly degrading as the episodes went on. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that in this episode, there were a few shots that I'm like, Did animation cut some corners here (laughs) or what?
0: Yeah, that was Um, one of the biggest criticisms in 2014. And I think probably one of the reasons that I didn't really watch it was also because I didn't have a lot of time. Yeah,
2: it's like simultaneously so beautiful and then like not very well finished (laughs) in other places. It had something to do with the animation studios over there, their deadline, their budget. And I think something happened in the industry where people were cut. Oh. But basically, like corners were actually cut, and you did see the degradation of the
0: animation over the next few months as episodes progressed. Yeah, this episode and the next episode, I found there's a lot of strangely elongated limbs that are bending yes. in this way.
1: I did <laughs> notice that. Like his arms are so long.
0: Oh, totally. <laughs> like, like a little
1: clamp level.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like clamp level limbs.
0: yeah Yeah. but even like when there's a picture like when in the next episode when they're all entangled in Beryl's hair which is awesome Mm
1: -hmm. and then
0: they're talking and I'm like I can't tell which one's talking because their faces are so tiny and blurry I know it's a shame kind of wish that they had been able to do it a little bit better but you know understandable if there's like actual reasons why
1: Mm -hmm. the details in their faces kind of get lost which is interesting
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, oh that's too bad
2: but overall, it's just still so beautiful. Like the hair is just like, yes. oh, hair. Yeah.
1: So good.
0: <laughs> I still love this version of Beryl. The the design of Barrel is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> in case you didn't notice, I like Barrel. I felt like this
2: episode went in a really predictable direction, but it was still so like satisfying to see it get to where you knew it was going to go.
1: Like this fight scene was like really good
0: Mm-hmm. So before the fight scene I just want to mention We got a transformations of all of them And that's the first time yes. I think Where we've had all of them transform in length
1: Was yes. that the
0: first time we saw Venus transform Or did she transform in another episode I don't remember
1: No I think this is the first time we saw Venus But then we didn't see Jupiter Was that in the next episode She just kind of comes ready to go
0: Yeah yeah that's the next one Because I thought it was this one too so I like that we get all the transformations. And I'm like... And again, we're back to, to Luna in this episode where I'm like, Usagi's just standing there in horror. She can't really bring herself to transform to attack Mamoru. And all of her friends are beaten down. I love Venus using her chain to get the crystal and to stop um, Motoki. Yes. Poor Motoki just gets sucked into this.
1: I know. <laughs> nothing honestly. to do
0: with this. <laughs> Poor Luna. Luna's just like trying to prove that she has Usagi's best interest at heart and that she's not trying to she's not doing this to hurt Usagi but that she's trying to protect Usagi and she throws herself at Mamoru. That that I think is the is the breaking point for Usagi when Mamoru throws Luna across the room she's like nope that that's not my Mamoru that is somebody else.
1: That's my cat. Yeah. I was like Luna no. I like that after she transforms Barrel comes in. She's like, "Hi, I'm here." Where well, she doesn't really get to do that in Classic. She kind of just lives in the evil lair. Yeah, and
0: this is like what the third time, or at least the second time, where the Senshi, all of them, have faced Barrel. Not just one on third time. I like that she's a little bit more active in Crystal, where she actually shows up in the real world and does stuff. Uh, but did you notice Sailor Moon's transformation is different music? She doesn't have her tiara at all anymore. She just has a crescent. So I, I really the music sounded that. different. Yeah, I like that as Usagi's character of Sailor Moon evolves, her costume's evolving too. At least the tiara part. Because this is her, like, third trans- tiara. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, she's the princess now.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. In 11 episodes, she's... I know, it's four wild. <laughs> <four
2: tiaras. laughs> I mean, immediate gratification always nice so it was really fun to see everyone transform but one thing i can't get over is i don't like the ending poses for a lot of their transformations yeah, no i
1: guess they're very different they're not as dynamic dynamic that's the thing like i remember like in the 90s being like oh yeah doing all those cool poses in the name of the moon i'll punish you it's not it's not as much fun they're, it's yeah. like what do i do in my hands almost
0: <laughs> And i, <find laughs> I don't want to bring it down but yeah <laughs> those animation sequences uh when they're doing their whole like uh you know i'll chastise you douse yourself in water and repent that's when they're especially noodly, and it's like mm, they have like yes. they pause for just a smidget too long and it just doesn't look natural <laughs> clamp level (laughs)
2: Clamp (laughs) Clamp just loves their long limbs and you know what
0: they influenced everyone oh i love clamp i think i have almost every manga that clamp has done (laughs) yeah so do we have anything else we want to say about episode 11 like these these are basically two episodes that just are one episode altogether
1: it was almost like uh to be continued and then you go into the next episode
0: yeah All right, well, if we're done with episode 11, because episode 12 is where the the shit hits the fan, we're going to have our snack break. So today we are having delicious Korean pancakes. So Tracy, do you want to tell us more about this yummy smelling snack?
1: So I tried finding some information. So specifically today we have, so we bought some frozen packets of Daifuku brand sweet potato pancakes and they're. Korean and when I look up like the history of Korean pancakes I can't find too much on specifically sweet potato but there's a whole lot on potato pancakes so they're called gamja jeon and um, jeon is the word for Korean word for pancake and I love eating anything in pancake form it's my favorite food group Um, flat foods are the best I don't know why (laughs) pizza pancakes I love them
0: um, but it, what's yeah. really
1: interesting <laughs> <laughs> What's really interesting is that potatoes were introduced in Korea in 1824 um through the China North Korea border which I thought was like really cool. So 1824, I guess it like in the history of things does not seem like a very long time ago, but you'll see like Korean pancakes, potato pancakes in a lot of the cuisine. So I find it very interesting. So today we're trying the sweet potato kind. And when I was Googling them online, there's a couple of recipes that are like the sweet potato pancakes, but with kimchi. So I'm having mine with Ooh. a little bit of kimchi. Yeah.
0: I <laughs> don't have anything on mine because I I was expecting them based on the picture on the box to be a lot smaller. And then as I'm cooking them, I'm like, it's like, cook for one minute on each side and then flip every 30 seconds. I was like, all right. And then they like inflated. And I was like, ooh, that's weird. (laughs) the payoff
2: is a very flaky, really delicious looking little pancake. These are one of my favorite snacks. Mm,
0: Okay, I'm trying it now.
1: Here we go. They're like crispy.
0: Mm, These are super good. They're almost like flat pierogies.
1: (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah the
2: sweet potato flavor On these ones are really really nice And I like the texture of the pastry a lot
1: Like it's so flaky So the plain one it's it's really good It's almost like a pastry when you think about it Because it's like sweet but it's like Crispy and fluffy on the outside I didn't get I very
0: much sweet potato flavor I think I got to cut into the middle of it the thing I love best about doing this show Is that I've discovered a whole new world of snacks I didn't even know existed <laughs>
2: these are one of my must tries at the grocery store I always pick up a few when I am there and yeah I just love them they're actually one of my favorite snacks to eat while um while I'm like I'm watching anything including Sailor Moon it's perfect
1: so Mm -hmm. I really love like the scallion pancakes Mm -hmm. and I bought a box of them at the same time and I ate all four (laughs) (laughs) they were so good
0: Oh yeah, these are adding I'm adding these to my when I go to Centra trip. I buy uh seaweed packets. I buy Malona bars and now I'm gonna buy these. Also, hot tip if you
2: haven't tried the Ube Malona bars, you should definitely try them. They're so good.
0: What's Ube?
2: Ube is like purple sweet potato. Oh. And the Malona sweet potato bars are like super dark purple and they're really, really, really good. I always so buy coconut, but I should mm-hmm. try those mm-hmm they're kind of hard to find but if you do see them you should like snatch a box up because
0: it's so good
1: i've never seen the sweet potato ones i mean ube ones yeah
0: they're I've really really the, delicious i've seen the dark i've seen dark purple ones i've never really looked closely at the box i just assumed they were a berry flavor nope they really taste like sweet potato that's cold that's huh. great <laughs> (laughs) Something else that Brent won't eat. See, that's the other thing. Brent's not a big fan of sweet potato, which means that every time now I go and buy a box of these, they're all mine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean,
2: there's other varieties of the same brand. They have like taro, they have red bean. I think that there's a cinnamon and brown sugar one, but I've never actually seen them, which to me says that they can't keep them on the shelves. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Which is a good sign. I
1: saw a lot of reviews online for them and they look so good.
0: I'm so happy I bought two boxes when I went and picked some up yesterday. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and get another box. (laughs) I'm happy I made two pancakes. I'm going to wrap the other one in a towel and eat it later. There you
2: (laughs) go. Yeah, they're delicious. What a good snack.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Like, I've eaten them with dinner, I've eaten them as a dessert, I've eaten them in the morning. It's an anytime snack.
0: Oh, yeah. Those are fantastic. And I mean... I even think they might be good if you just put like a little bit of maple syrup on it too right
1: oh yeah those would be amazing
0: yeah maybe I'll do that next time it doesn't it. like I just ate mine just completely plain and it was fantastic but I'm like hmm little dollop of maple syrup would be really good on these <laughs> sounds delicious and then because I always go the extra mile and whipping cream <laughs> 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 any excuse for whipping cream I've just turned it into a dessert
1: <laughs> fantastic
0: right. I am actually eating my snack right now <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. I was like, I inhaled it because I was like, I gotta eat this. <laughs> uh, now we're going to get into Act
0: Twelve, um, which is called Enemy Queen Metalia, and whoo boy, this episode—it's a lot. It's so much. So I guess we'll just we just start at the beginning. Like I don't I guess know. We have to. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only place to start. There's so much yeah. that happens. So we start off right in the middle of the fight that we ended off with in episode 11. And, like, the first thing Beryl says is that Endymion is dead and was resurrected by Metallia. And I'm like, oh, God, this is not starting off well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then Mercury moves them to another dimension? Is that what Yeah, Yeah. That's
1: what it looks like because they don't want to break their control center. But maybe it's to hide some of the bad animation. They don't want to have to, like, draw the background in. <laughs> I'm
0: apologizing right now for my chewing. I'm eating my last potato pancake. It's so good. It's so good.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that was part of it, but also it leads into the next scene. It allows them to travel easily between different dimensions and different spaces. And that seems really necessary for this part of the episode. But yeah, the fight scene is so good in the beginning. Like I I really feel like the desperation and like the stakes are high. I feel that the girls are like trying so hard, and it was just really, really cool animation to watch. I'll never mm-hmm. get tired of death ray, <laughs> death ray energy <laughs> type stuff.
1: I always think it's fun to watch.
0: I, I love how how often anime uses hair as a
1: weapon. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why not? It's I like remember. if I could control my hair to like go get me a snack, I'd be like all over that. Just like, <laughs> go to the kitchen, hair, and fix me a sandwich.
2: <laughs> also, I love any anime hair that is just like literally a cloud of hair that floats all the way to the ground, which is mm. exactly what Beryl has.
0: Oh, I love Beryl so much. So we get Venus attacking with the sword, and then Sailor Moon picks up the sword. And I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. With Sailor Moon with a sword, but for me, seeing her with a weapon is kind of jarring. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. And I don't Especially, know if that was what they were going for. I think it's like she's all about, like, love and healing. It was a little weird. Hmm. Yes. But I love the way she uses it. Like, she just... It's like her her will is what causes... So she picks up the sword, and all together, they try to break Beryl's necklace, and like... It's like her, it's her will that breaks the necklace, right? It's not the sword. The sword is almost like not enough. It's just, she's just like, it has to break. She feels so strongly and that's what breaks it.
0: So yeah. I got to talk about this scene for a minute because <laughs> maybe it's just how they had to explain it, but it's like Sailor Moon comes flying through the air, stabs Beryl's sword. And then it's like, I'm picturing it in real time where Beryl's just like, um so you're stabbing my sword here. Or you're stabbing my necklace nothing's happening like she's just standing there taking it like she probably could have just like blasted her away or something like it took a long time and i'm also very 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 disappointed at how barrel dies i especially compared to the 90s one like i love the ending of the 90s one where uh um, i guess it's Metalia infused barrel is like huge and fighting and this one is just like you broke my necklace and now i'm dead not only dead, like dust. Like I'll wither into yeah. a skeleton yeah. and then just blow away. The one thing that, that Crystal is doing that uh, the 90s one did not do at all is they're really emphasizing Battaglia as the big bad. Mm-hmm. And Beryl is just another pawn, like the generals. But I'm like, but it's Beryl and she's awesome. <laughs> she deserved better. Yeah. <laughs> she really did. And then with like that human
2: humanizing flashback that we get to see, it's like, oh... She was just a just a regular girl.
1: She was very pretty.
2: Mm-hmm. So pretty. Yeah.
1: And, so, yeah. like, you know, she just wanted her prince. Yeah, I can't blame her for that.
2: Yeah, he was a hottie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, they do that in... I don't know if I grabbed the right volume. They have her little flashback when she dies in the manga. I'm trying to see what they show. Oh, so in the manga... See, even in the manga, she gets a better death. In the manga, Venus stabs her through the gut with the sword. There you go. Ooh, so like, yes. That would have been better. As Beryl is disintegrating into dust, the sword transforms into the same kind of sword we see in Crystal. And Beryl says, Prince Endymion, I always watched you from afar. And you see like that little bit of like the same kind of thing that they show you in Crystal where she's she's watching uh, Endymion in Serenity, and then she, just, she turns into dust. So she still gets the same kind of death, but I'm like... I'm like felt so disappointed that it's just like you broke my necklace and now I'm dead when it could have been you stabbed me through the gut and now I'm dead which I think would have been a better
1: ending for Beryl I don't think that would have worked for Usagi like if it was Venus who did it yes but yeah
0: no definitely
1: Usagi is just trying to break the weapon I don't think she has it in her to hurt a person even if it is like an evil monster like that's not her yeah, that's not her style. That's not who she is.
0: And if Usagi did that to Beryl, it makes it makes what happens at the end of this episode seem less. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Also, I know that
2: all the girls are, you know, like badasses in their own right, but I really do feel like Minako is the only one who could stab someone through the stomach. I don't know yeah. why. I think that she is. <laughs> I think she's the only one who who has enough like self-possession and interest in like the greater good and like less regard yeah. for how she personally feels about it to go ahead and do it. Like I can't see the rest of the girls doing it for some reason.
0: No, I agree. I think that yeah. I think it's because of Venus's personality and role as the leader and mm-hmm. protect like the main protector of the princess that she wouldn't hesitate to stab somebody in the gut with yeah. a sword to protect she, yeah. her princess. Like, yep.
1: she's a soldier, right? And mm-hmm, if the mm-hmm. soldier has to make that decision to complete the mission, then she will do it, right? That's the kind of person that Minako is.
0: Yeah. And Damien's got this crystal, mm-hmm. and he has the sword, and in the manga, he also takes Venus. Dang. <laughs> Which I was like, why did you, I need to, I did just kind of flip through and look at the pictures. I really need to actually read it. And then he vanishes, and Sailor Moon chases after him, and everybody's like, "Asagi, stop!" And he doesn't. <laughs> and then we get like, like we're now in like the the ending of this season, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just happening so
1: fast. Well, they go back to the North Pole, which is similar to like classic, and it's the D point at the North Pole, and I remember it being the same, right? Mm-hmm. What is the D point? And now I feel like that has. Yeah, I looked it up, um, nothing's there. I don't see
0: anything about... about what D point is? Yeah. So, so we kind of get a back and forth fighting. So we get the Senshi versus the Generals, and then we go back and forth between that and Sailor Moon versus Endymion slash Metallia.
1: Yes, it's very interesting. It's a v- the, like two fights happening at the same time. It's, it's interesting because the Sailor Senshi are fighting the Generals, and they want them to remember... We don't really know what that is. I mean, like, they have a past together. But we don't know what they're fighting for. So it makes their end less dramatic, I think.
0: I was also disappointed with their end. Because it reminded me of Bambi vs. Godzilla. Do you remember that? Am I dating myself? It's like a really, really short animation. Where it's basically... It's called Bambi vs. Godzilla. It's an animation. It's very short. Of a baby deer standing in a field... Eating grass, then Godzilla's foot comes down and smushes them. Oh my god! That's it. That's the whole thing.
1: So <laughs> and that's I how just... I
0: feel like their death was. They're like, oh, you know, we're gonna protect our master. <laughs> gone. <laughs> like we don't even see any bodies. They're
1: just squished, gone. <laughs> Not even like squished, just like vaporized. I kind
0: of wanted them to have a little bit of a better death too. I mean, yeah. I know that they can't they can't join forces with the senji and fight uh Metalia with them although that would have been oh. awesome they had to die yes but i wish that they had been able to die at least a little bit like it would have been neat to have that scene where all eight of them run yeah. to go to 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 Metalia and damien possesses like something else happens for them to die besides like, just like
1: why do they have to die
0: cuz they die in the manga Is there another reason? Uh, Because Endymion can't have his own sailor, said she?
1: Oh, that's too bad. Okay.
0: (laughs) Probably the other volume that I left over there. But at this point in the manga, Kunzite was the only one left. Wow. And I don't remember how he dies. I think that's in volume. We're only in volume three of the manga, by the way. That's (laughs) wild. Like, all this happens in the first three volumes of the manga. I'm pretty sure one of them kills... I think Venus kills Kunze, but I could be wrong. Uh does kill Beryl. But anyway, he's the last one. And he dies feeling like... In the manga, he dies feeling like he's been betrayed by Beryl and Metallia. Because apparently, Beryl had promised that all four of them would be... All four of the generals would be resurrected. And basically, Beryl was like, ah, No, you're not. I've gotten Dimion now. Sorry. And then he dies. <laughs> they die being betrayed by who the person they thought was their queen. So it's, it's, it's not a very it's still a sad death in the manga but I wish that they had had a slightly better way to go in this one.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean like I guess that's kind of the current arc of of Sailor Moon is just like steeped in sadness. Like it's just like sad things happening, interspersed with like some happy things. Um, but right now we're just in the sad part. The way that all the all the gem boys um, end up going is so sad. Um, gem boys, gem. the gem boys, <laughs> the crystal boys.
0: I like that.
1: <laughs> you sure know your crystals. That was yeah. really funny in the last episode.
0: Yeah, he's like, I used to have them all.
1: <laughs> like it's they're Pokemon. Like, he, like, yeah, like they're Pokemon.
0: <laughs> okay, so Kunzite was the night of purity and affection. Uh, Zoisite was the night of purification and healing.
1: It's a lot of purity here.
0: They leaked to Kunzite twice, so I don't have jedite. <laughs> Hang on. Nephrite was intelligence Intelligence. and comfort. And now I have to actually look up Jedi because they accidentally linked to Kunzite twice
1: in this wiki. Jedi. I was going to say purity and incompetence, but.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He was the knight of patience and harmony. Oh, okay. (laughs) And they pair them all up. So Jedi was the former lover of Sailor Mars, Nephrite was with Sailor Jupiter. Zoisite was with Sailor Mercury, and Kunzite was with Venus. And I think out of all of them, generals and Senshi alike, Kunzite and Venus were the only two who remembered that they were ever a couple. Wow. And that made... Yeah, it made the the Godzilla foot coming down and killing them a little bit more sad, because Kunzite says Venus, and Venus says Kunzite, and then... Done.
1: Wow. It's not quite the same for the other... Girls and they start crying because I don't see that connection, right? Ooh, the connection between Endymion and um, Sailor Moon, Serenity, as they're like having this like back and forth. You know, we get to see that scene and that, then we get to see the scene with, yeah, Endymion and Sailor Moon. It's like there's a lot of feels there.
0: Yeah, I, I liked this battle between Sailor Moon and Nindimian because in in other anime and in other episodes, even in other episodes of Sailor Moon, whenever Usagi is feeling at her lowest, she's just like, I just need to try my very hardest and things, and that's when she unlocks her power and things happen. But I guess because how strong Metalia is and because she doesn't have the crystal on her right now, her best isn't good enough. And right. like, this is probably the first time she's ever hit that where she's like, I tried my hardest and it wasn't good enough.
1: So she has this point where she, like, gives up. But then she hears, I think it's Mer- Mercury, kind of, like, through, I don't know. No, it's Luna. Is it Luna? Okay. It's Luna. Because I was like, yay, Luna's saving her. Yeah, so Luna is what gives her, like, the strength to, like, give it one more go. She has, like, those memories. And she tries to, like, have that real connection with Endymion. And I find it really interesting that it's when she calls him... Endemian is when he has like that, oh, I kind of remember, like there's like in his eyes you can see there's like the little bit of recognition because she'd been calling him Mamochan this whole time and that wasn't getting through to him. So it makes me wonder like, what are his real memories?
0: I think right. at this point he's been brainwashed back into thinking he's Endemian and Mamoru in his brain doesn't exist anymore. But Talia has turned him into Endemian.
1: Yeah, but Endymion, that's what makes him have pause to not attack Sailor Moon, to not attack Serenity, right? Mm-hmm. So when she says Endymion and then she says that she's Serenity, that's what makes him like, oh, wait a second, hold up.
0: Like I said before, you really get the idea that it's Metallia is the super, super powerful one. Yeah. Um, which you don't get in classic. And to the point where in classic, when. This when when Sailor Moon does this to, to Endymion, where she shows him the locket and he touches it, that's what breaks the spell. And in this one, it does nothing.
1: Hmm.
0: And I was like, oh, oh no! Like, and even when when Usagi is, she's like pulling herself together and she's like, okay, I can do it. I'm strong enough. And then she looks up and she's got a, There's a sword at her throat. Yeah. And it's so like, heartbreaking. And then we get to the part where I don't think any of us really want to talk about. <laughs> nope it's incredibly dark and
2: sad let's go there
1: (laughs) oh okay but you know what gives me like a little bit of um like comfort there's a season two so oh yeah there
0: you go and the thing is is that they die at the end of every season in classic two just a different kind of death usagi is completely out of tricks she's got nothing else she's got no power she's got nothing else that she can do and so she's saying to herself you know Endymion, is this our fate is this the only way that we can be together and as the senti are flying towards them to to help she grabs the holy sword and stabs him slashes him right across the chest slashes
1: him yep. yeah
0: and then she turns the sword around and and basically takes her own life she stabs herself through the gut and that's when i texted tracy holy shit
2: <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think that like if you watch any magical girl anime that is for an audience of teens or older you're going to see like the elements of like love romance and justice just as much as you're going to see the themes of like death reincarnation and like what does it mean to live um so i think Mm -hmm. that's kind of like par for the course for sailor moon which is like you know in my opinion the most iconic and influential magical girl anime of all time because like you know for all the like all the things that make like life life like loving people and like having friends and enjoying food and caring about others like it has to be balanced out by the things that make life not life if that makes sense so yeah, the ending feels like balanced to me, and it makes me want to watch the next episode very badly, but I held off.
0: Yeah,
1: I know. I, know. Me too. I was <laughs> like, should I watch it? No, I wanted to finish this, and then I'll go watch it.
2: <laughs> exactly. I didn't, want, I didn't want this conversation to be influenced by like what I knew came after.
1: Yeah.
0: So when I watched this in Crystal, I mean, I, I keep saying it's been a while since I read the manga. I'm like, I don't remember this happening in the manga. <laughs> so I went and looked it up, and it does. It happens in the manga, too where Sailor Moon picks up the sword and she says, is this the only thing left to me? Is this my fate? Ever even reborn? Must this be our destiny? And then the same thing happens in the manga that happened in Crystal, almost shot for shot. She slashes Endymion, they kiss, and then she turns the sword around. The only difference being that, um, again, I got to reread it. I'm just kind of flipping through. I don't think her friends are there, but they might be. I think her friends are might be there, but I think Endemions knocked them all aside. So, yeah,
2: I love it when Sailor Moon becomes like philosophical.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just comparing it to the end of Classic, where she does sacrifice herself there, but there she sacrifices herself basically to save the world, and here she's sacrificing herself
1: because she can't take it anymore. Yes. Yeah, that's just, essentially just what she says. To yeah.
0: save Endymion and to save herself. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. <laughs>
1: it's just it's so sad.
2: Super sad. It makes their happiness feel like more hard won, which is awesome. But yeah, like it, it's just a, a tragic ending and it makes you feel the feelings. And that's what we want from Shojo anime. Mm. <laughs> yeah,
1: like she doesn't even think about how she's going to like seal Metalia.
0: Yeah, because the whole conversation that Luna had given her before was that you need to get the part of the crystal out of Endymion and join and make the crystal whole again so that you can seal away Metalia and only uh, basically a queen of the moon or somebody from the royal line of the moon can do that. And she's basically just doomed the world by killing herself cuz nobody else can do it.
1: Which I feel like wouldn't have been like super appropriate and classic. But because they have a real connection here, she's really broken up about it.
0: Yeah, it, it it seems more in character with this Usagi than it would have been had this happened in Classic, like you said. They have better foundation going. I feel like almost still... all of the deaths in this have been, well, I mean, okay, the death of Usagi and Mamoru is a little bit less disappointing. But all the other deaths in this episode, <laughs> it sounds weird to say all the other deaths, um, have been kind of disappointing. <laughs> Yeah, and there's so many in this
1: episode.
2: I mean, I would hope that it's because, like, there are, like, bigger and
0: better deaths to come, but even that sentence feels really weird. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you're counting Mamoru and Enusagi, seven people die in this episode. (laughs) Lord, all all major players too.
1: I know what All major bad.
2: players, only the yeah. most important characters. Please
1: mm-hmm.
2: have some more I potato eat.
0: pancakes and watch I know, some I'm more. Sailor eat League.
1: some more potato pancakes and eat and watch more. Yep, that sounds like the perfect, perfect. afternoon.
0: Hell yeah! <laughs> oh, I'm pretty full after those two pancakes. Honestly, they were yummy.
2: I'm just really eager to
0: see what comes next for the Sailor Scouts and what
2: will happen with Usagi and uh, Mamoru and how they are going to get out of this one because um, they have to, but how?
1: So next episodes are Act 13, Final Battle, Reincarnation. I said it with a question mark because I'm questioning it. It doesn't actually have a question mark. And Act 14, Conclusion and Commencement. So those are going to be interesting for sure. And I want to thank Ariana for joining us today. Is there anywhere um, that you want our listeners to find you on social media
2: yeah if you want to check out my twitter you can find me at at ariana writes as in someone who is writing um, i tweet a lot about libraries i also will you know retweet a lot of like anime content feminism stuff uh social justice stuff um and weirdly enough a lot of things is about bats uh so if you are interested in checking that sort of content out you can give me a follow at ariana writes
1: Wonderful. So thank you, listeners, for listening to us on Sailor Snacking. You can find us on Instagram at Sailor Snacking and also on Facebook at True North Nerds. So until next time. Bye. 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 Bye.